Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined as ever by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hey all you cool cats and kittens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the question is, which one is soliciting murder? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's clearly one thing we've all been doing with our isolation. Um, (laughs) How are we all um, holding up? Um. I've officially watched about four series, no, four different programs from start to end, which may include The Office, Tiger King, yeah, and many others, um, Parks and Rec. Um, ah, good choice, good choice. I've, I've watched quite a lot of like sitcommy things from first episode to final episode. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're working through Community at the moment. Oh, Community oh, yeah, is great. I've I've, I've just shout. started Community as well. Um, I've been I've been watching a lot of Tiger King. Hell of a lot of Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, um, what else? Uh, oh, I'm watching Hunters on Amazon Prime. Have you seen that? I have not. It's very, very good. Um, the music in it is excellent. It's a good show, I think. As you can probably tell by this rambling, uh, F1 still hasn't started. streams. I thought I thought this was the preview for the Chinese Grand Prix. I thought that's what we were doing, is, right? Is that not uh, yeah. this is the preview for what's up next week on Prime and Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> We've just uh, readjusted into a, uh, a TV streaming podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as I'm sure you're all aware, we're still very much uh, without Formula One, um, but there's still a fair amount going on in the world, so we're still going to do you a podcast and talk about some stuff. Um, we, of course, need to start this week with the uh, sad news of the death of Sir Sterling Moss uh, at the age of 90 earlier this week. Um, as always with these things, there's lots and lots of people who are much better at uh, speaking about these things and putting them to words than we are. Um, but it goes without saying that he's just an absolute legend of the sport and will be massively missed by everyone connected um he lived an absolutely extraordinary life both in and out of motorsports if you don't know much about him just go on the internet right now and there's just so many stories being told about the various escapades he got up to and the amazing things he did um yeah so a, a very sad loss to the world of motorsport um back with up-to-date stuff let's do a quick recap of where we're up to in terms of the current season. Um, so we now have the first nine rounds, which is up to and including Canada, have been postponed, uh, except Monaco, which has actually been cancelled. Um, I, I guess it makes sense for Monaco because it's they basically turn a city into a racetrack, so you can't just do that on a whim, can you? Like They need yeah. such a big lead time than anyone else. Um, yeah, so it's going to be the first... Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think it's going to be the first time since like 1954 that there's not going to be a Monaco Grand Prix, which is a kind of wild milestone to hit. But there we go. Um, as things stand at the time we're sitting down recording this, the French Grand Prix on the 28th of June is the first scheduled race. But looking at the news the last couple of days, that is very much in the balance. And I imagine by the time you listen to this, it's a very good chance that, that will also have been postponed 
which would then leave us with Austria on the 5th of July as being the start of the season. But again, all still very much up in the air. Um, Ross Braun has been saying he's still confident that we can have a season of Formula One. Um, starting with races behind closed doors is still very much a possibility by the sounds of things. Um, I I imagine that would be basically the teams with the bare minimum they need to run it, a skeleton crew to do a TV broadcast, and that'd be about it, I guess, wouldn't it? Like They're not going to be flying journalists or unnecessary team members around the world right now. Yeah. Mm. I, I guess so. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the only way I can imagine that working, really. Yeah. Um, um, but well, France have definitely. France have banned mass gatherings until mid July. So the chances of there being an F1 race there are, I would cons- I'd say, quite slim. Yeah. It, I'd class that as a mass gathering. It's be, yeah. <laughs> at minimum, it's going to be the behind closed doors thing, isn't it? So, yeah, at best. Um. Ross Braun reckons if we can start towards the end of June, a 19-race season is still possible, um, wow. which seems He's optimistic. He's so optimistic, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. It would be great, though. It would be great if they could do it, it. So it is possible to put together a 19-race season if you have all the races in sets of three back-to-backs with one weekend off in between each set of three. Um, that won't be knackering at all, will it? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> Because I've um, never worked a back-to-back and almost died driving home <laughs> or anything like that. There's, what, 13 officially left on the calendar now, isn't there? Uh, uh, if, yeah, if, that if, sounds if, right. If you, include, if you include the French one that's still technically on there, that's 13 races, I believe. Yeah, that, so, that makes sense. Bit of quick maths. You, you're trying, you'd be trying to squeeze six in between those if all those went ahead. Um, yes, that's correct, yeah. But I, I guess depending on obviously when things get back to normal, you're not going to need that summer break, are you? Because this has been this so is long. basically is that yeah yeah yeah, yeah you, you, officially we are having the summer break that. now. Yeah, yeah, impromptu spring break. <laughs> yeah, um, with bonus global pandemic to go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they the basically the the official summer break has been sort of removed and kind of slotted into what's happening now. So I think the factories are, most factories are actually shut down right now. Um, and they've extended it from the normal two weeks to a minimum of 35 days within April and May, I think it is, that the factories have to be shut down. Um, they've also extended that to the engine manufacturers as well, um, which, I mean, other than Honda, all the engine manufacturers are also F1 teams anyway, but there we go. Um, but obviously, right now, like a lot of teams are furloughing massive amounts of their staff, and mm. the ones that are still there are taking massive pay cuts. So it makes sense to have the shutdown at a point where there's no one in the factories anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to Ross, he said so within the rule set, there has to be a minimum of eight races for it to actually count as a world championship. So he has said that October is the absolute latest things could realistically start. Um, That's such a strange, arbitrary rule. It's like, a weird number, isn't you're, it? If you're the F1 World Championship, however many races that you have, it, given the situation, like surely we can, oh, you know, they've not had eight races, therefore there can't be a World Championship. That's dumb. 
Like they, it, it makes me wonder if it was like it came about at one of these various points in history where like yeah. certain teams threatened to break away or drivers threatened to yeah. boycott races or something like that. So they brought in a rule like that just to stop something happening. Like it's a, it does seem a weird arbitrary number, but there we go. Mm. Um, there another possibility is the season running into the beginning of next year, which a lot of team bosses have said they're potentially in favour of. So having this season run to kind of mid to late February and then next year's season would start kind of end of March as usual, which is a possibility. Ooh. Do you know what they should do? What's that? They should just make it, do a World Endurance Championship and just make it a super season. Do a that's, super that's, season. Do a yeah, bloody I was, super I was season. While, while you were away, Stu. Oh, yeah. After that. Great yeah. minds. Oh, but that's I'm it. back, by the way, everyone. I'm back. I'm back from my... <laughs> oh, yeah. I was My- honestly, I, I I said like if you don't get to start until like the back end of the season post summer break, just do like a super season type thing where because the original plan was to start with Monaco, wasn't it? And I was saying like why not start with Monaco and then run through twenty twenty one and just postpone the rule changes to twenty twenty two essentially, so that you'd got like a, a super season that was ridiculously long, but yeah. you got the races in that were still planned. Um, but yeah. obviously we're going to be even longer than that now. But but then then again, I guess that means that could be more likely, couldn't it? Because that'd be sick. I think that'd make yeah the, the fewer races make you've an got asset. this year. Yeah, at least at like, least make an asset out of the situation rather than it yeah, being totally. sort of yeah. a, a, a non-championship season. Like, see, the, my only concern for this at the minute, realistically, is like the smaller teams which aren't as well off, sort of like you. Your Williams of this world and stuff like that. Maybe Racing Point aren't as in a in such a tight financial situation as they used to be since their buyout. But like, they're going to be prime candidates for having to furlough people off first, aren't they? And, and stuff like that. Like, just makes me concerned mm. that we're going to come back to a sport that's going to be a team or two down because they've not been able to survive no income from the sport. Yeah, this is all. They, this is all they do. It's not like Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, where they, the Red Bull, where they they are a company that's massive and global outside of the sport. Like Williams are Williams Racing, and that's kind of it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my only concern at the minute. Realistically, Zach Brown has said much the same. Oh, we're back to an old feature. Zach Brown claims. Um, Zach Brown. Zach claims. Brown claims this week. <laughs> Zach that Brown claims. It, basically, if F1 isn't careful, like we could feasibly lose like two, three, four teams out of this before we even are able to go racing again. And as you say, is the teams like your Williams, your racing points, McLaren to a lesser extent because they've obviously got their road car and their technology business, but yeah. it's a very difficult time for them. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. so, so, so mental, isn't it? Like, yeah. who, who would have thought even like at the start of this, like at the start of this year, like... Who would have believed that this was ever going to happen? Like we were, we I were mean, away snowboarding, Chris, and we were joking really about, oh, you know, like we were basically all having a laugh at me for being so concerned about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems such a far away thing. I mean, we, we literally got as far as previewing the Australian Grand Prix. Like we were yeah. less than a week away from the start of the season, carrying yeah, on as March. if everything was normal, and. Yeah. Now, now look where we are. Yeah, weeks I mean, later, I am cannonball running across Australia to get home. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you just saying I'm back, by the way, like, 
my concept of the passage of time is so skewed at this point. That seems like so long ago now, and it was only like a few weeks. Yeah, that <laughs> was like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's George, really... shall I tell you about that? Shall I tell you about that? By the way, talk, talk yeah, we can quick because well, we've got we've got no we've like got... literal F one to talk about. So yeah. we're just talking about yeah. absolutely everything. But yeah, we need a little theme tune for like Stu's panic drive corner. Or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so like it, it became clear that like we had to get home from our trip to Australia. So I was in Australia for a friend's wedding, and um, we had a we had a rental car and stuff, and we. We were sort of umming and ahhing, should we go back, should we head home? And then, like, they changed our flights, and we wouldn't have, like, had a flight home from our midpoint of our journey home. So, like, we were flying to Qatar, and then that's as far as our flight got us. Suddenly, it was like, oh, crap, what do we do? So, like, we were trying to get in touch with, like, the flight operator. We were trying to do, trying to speak to them. We like, I went to Adelaide Airport, must have been four times in the space of five days, um, <laughs> just trying to speak to someone. Couldn't get in touch with anyone. And then um, eventually we were like, right, we're going to have to go to Melbourne Airport where there's more where there's more Qatar flights and where we can, you know, actually speak to someone. Um, and that was at the time the 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 government had said the UK government had said, oh, you know, the, the FCO office, what is it, Foreign Commonwealth Office, they yeah. um, said any UK people abroad should come home immediately, pretty much. And we were like, we can't, they'd stopped doing flights to um, to Qatar from Adelaide. So it was like, right, what are we going to do? So we ended up getting up early one morning and driving all the way from Adelaide to Melbourne in over the space of like nine hours, just like <sighs> straight there, like not really any breaks, like one or two sort of comfort breaks on the way there. And that was it. Um, got to Melbourne, got to the, got, went straight to the airport. Like literally didn't even stop it. Like we booked accommodation and stuff because you obviously you can't just set off without a, a plan. So we booked accommodation, went straight to the airport and got to the Qatar desk and we're like, what do we do? And they were like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to wait until we've finished checking for this flight. This is the last flight leaving for Doha. We're going to try and get you home. You've got to wait an hour and a half to see if, um, we get enough no-shows that we can get you on the plane. <laughs> Jesus. So so we sat around for like an hour and a half, like just pacing around the airport, absolutely <laughs> stressing, <laughs> trying to go. And they said, if, if we if we can't get you on this one, we don't know if we're going to be able to get you home. <laughs> God. <laughs> so just like, we were just going to be stuck in Melbourne with like not knowing anyone <laughs> in Melbourne, like just absolutely just, yeah, spare parts. So um Luckily, in the end, like it, it, there were enough no-shows. Like there must have been a lot of Australians cancelling journeys to Doha yeah. and onward to other destinations around the world. Um, and we ended up getting seats, and then we got load. There were loads of free seats on the next flight as well, so we we were okay. But then we got back to the UK, and it's like already in lockdown. It was like I think it was like the second or third day of lockdown when we got back, and you- the place is just like empty <laughs> you get back weird. just before this stopped letting people back in as well because there was I a mean, point the, where they locked down arrivals wasn't there i think yeah just that, that was just before that window yeah i think they were well they were they're always going to let brits back in like they're never going to yeah. not let us in from other countries no you know what i mean they're without having to go through all the 
all the quarantine. There's like a whole inbound quarantine stuff now. Hose you down. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I stopped following it. Once I got back, I stopped following all that. I was just like, right, I'm home. I don't care anymore. (laughs) I'm just going to try and get on with my life. Probably for the best. Yeah. And then, like, you get back and there's just, like, literally no work, (laughs) nothing to do. And everyone's now poor. (laughs) So we can't, like, no one can go out and do anything anyway. And the world is, it's like I went to Australia and then came back and the world's just something's happened while I was away and the world's just gone to <laughs> so basically what you're saying is it's your fault for leaving I should never I'm, I'm away for five minutes <laughs> and everything's I'm away fallen for 10 over. days and everything falls over <laughs> <laughs> well we're glad you made it back and you're in one piece yeah thank you thank you sorry I took <laughs> a good portion of this episode with that story oh I mean we, we need the content don't worry about it <laughs> yeah we need it's it. just great content <laughs> um Let's talk about Silverstone. This was interesting. Um, so the Silverstone bosses have said they need to decide by the end of this month if the British Grand Prix is going to go ahead or not. But that was sort of with it being a full event and, you know, having to cater for several hundred thousand people being there. Presumably, if they do a behind-closed-doors event, they wouldn't need nearly as much lead time to set up for that. Um but the other interesting thing they said is that they are also potentially open to hosting a second race there to help book out the calendar. And the bosses suggested that they could do it on a reverse circuit, which mm. on paper sounds very interesting. And, and off the back of this, there's a million videos on YouTube now of people yeah. driving Silverstone backwards. And it is, <laughs> it is a pretty cool circuit backwards. Like you certain corners you arrive at much faster than you would in the other direction. Like the, um, like maggots and Beckett's, which obviously then would then go Beckett's, then maggots. You have just belted down the hangar straights. You're approaching them even faster. Um, Same with the new section, the loop and stuff. Um, Club club would be interesting coming down the start, finish straight and club being turns one, two, and then what is it? Oh yeah. Like a really twisty stadium section. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like, like those those being the first three corners would be yeah, chaos. Because <laughs> you'd you'd like throw yourself into the corner initially almost flat out, but then it sort of gets tighter and tighter. You'd have to be kind of almost yeah breaking your way through the corner. Um yeah, it, it's very interesting. Unfortunately though you know, at the start of like the Chinese Grand Prix or the Malaysian kind of would in a way, yeah. yeah not yeah, quite kinda. as extreme, but yeah, yeah. same sort of thing. Yeah. Um all that being said, it's never gonna happen because <laughs> circuits are built for cars to go around in a certain direction and <laughs> it's not it i mean partially it's due to runoff areas like yeah cops for example like you look at the where the runoff and gravel and stuff is for cops for the direction it's supposed to go yeah then compare that to the outside in the other direction and it's basically a strip of grass and a wall um, yeah yeah a great place to watch a formula one car from incidentally probably oh, the one, best one place the best, in the world yeah. to watch a formula one car from um, another tricky bit is where, uh, what's it called? The loop, the kind of new hairpin at the, towards the start of the lap. That and part of the Magus Beckett's complex are actually really close together. There's just kind of a service oh, yeah. road and a fence between the two. And running the opposite yeah. direction, you'd need way more runoff for both of them, which you literally couldn't build if you wanted to because there's a bit more of the track in the way there. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, you got you got the service roads in between as well, haven't you? Through that middle exactly, bit of the yeah. circuit, which again you need to protect those differently. Well, yeah. Speaking of the service roads, like all the bits where the marshals can get onto the track are designed so that they're pointing in the direction of travel, so cars can't yeah go into, into the gaps or like yeah, hit yeah. the end of the fence. And up, and you know, you'd need to. It, it'd be tons and tons and tons of work that's clearly not going to happen yeah. there um so suffice to say that this reverse, is not going to happen <laughs> no basically yeah, essentially reverse circuits are like a fantasy within video games only. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's a weird thing for a circuit owner to say when it's clearly so fanciful but it's yeah. it's a nice thought. well they didn't say that they, i don't think the circuit owner said we'll do a reverse race did they, they just said we'll do yeah pretty more, much we'll do more than one. Oh, did they actually did no they say yeah reverse? they said that was a possibility i mean another possibility is that silverstone you can have a few different configurations yeah um, you could use like national circuit yeah guess, technically they'd, they'd be, be a pretty short lap for an f1 car national circuit yeah that's the thing technically they're too short based within the f1 rules i think they're all like grade two rather than grade one certified as well but if it comes to it, I'm sure they will bend the rules slightly to um see that, to do stuff if they really need to. Just just while we're on that topic, that surprises me because if you do national circuit at Silverstone, you're basically looking at where'd you go? You you sort of there's a bit near Maggots and Beckett's where you sort of you, you cut back inside. You don't do all of Maggots and Beckett's. No. You kind of go halfway around and then it, it comes back round onto the Wellington Strait. Yeah, yeah. So you, you sort of use you use the old pit lane, which is cops, and like that's becomes turn one again. And yeah. I can't see how that'd be that much different grading wise, especially when you've got somewhere like um Paul Ricard that is basically exactly, yeah. just all multiple configuration. So mm. I, I can understand the shortness argument, but you just have to do a lot of laps like what you do at somewhere exactly, like yeah. Monaco. Well, that's the thing. Monaco also doesn't fit in with that lap distance rule, but we still have the yeah. Monaco Grand Prix every year. So. Mon- Monaco is the exception to the distance rule. It's the Monaco, only Monaco is the exception to the a distance. lot of rules. Yeah. Um, so, But I'm sure if we think, get... What, why not just do two races at the Grand Prix track? Like it works well, for there um, is that, Formula yeah. E to do two races on the same track, and yeah. there's, there's always good racing there, and it's always varied there as well. You never, you don't usually see in Formula E the same person dominating an entire weekend. If there's two races at the track, it's usually exactly, yeah. still quite varied. So why not just do two races at the full track? I'm sure if they get to a point where they find like six circuits they can have races at and they need eight for a world championship they'll find a way to have an extra race at a couple of them like yeah even if they just did silverstone again and started on the old start finish straight instead of the new one like it wouldn't make a huge difference other than the first lap really but like yeah and obviously poor ricard is a million different well exactly yeah (laughs) yeah Um, i'd like i think that as well there's there's other circuits that you'd probably be able to get away with two weekends at because of the facilities and stuff like that at uh, two weekends sorry two two, two races within races, a weekend yeah. um yeah totally and I, I i don't know i can imagine like you i, I can imagine if silverstone hosts two races you monsters of this world are, are going to say well we want to do that we, we yeah. you know we want to if they're getting to, you know, <laughs> and and i'm sure ferrari will be well on board for having two races in Italy hey, as well. you know what if, if, if this is going to be a bogey year anyway why not mess around with like reverse grid races and stuff like well, exactly yeah again we, we've said the same thing like if if this season ends up being like a null and void because of 
the number of races and it's not going to be a, a, a legit championship season for whatever reason, why not use it as an opportunity to to trial different weekend schedules and different you know grid formats and qualifying formats and, and whatever else that mm. they might want to throw out there, see how they sit, and then it's much better than trialing it for the first time at the first Grand Prix of the season and everyone going, this is crap, and having to scrap it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Much like a qualifying format <laughs> once, yeah. once so, experience. Uh, because that's never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um yeah yeah I, I, we, we're still in that wait and see phase aren't we really i'm sure at yeah, some point definitely. they will find a way for us to start having races how many we end up with i don't think anyone really knows yet do they and no one's gonna know for a while no which no. we shall see mm-hmm. um another big thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks uh which again we spoke about a few weeks ago um is that the new 2021 rule set uh, has now been pushed back a year to 2022. Um, the As a result, teams are going to have to use the same chassis next season that they are using on the current season. Um, and there's talk of some other components potentially being frozen as well. Um, that would obviously make it a lot easier to push the current season into next year a bit. Because if you're using the same chassis for two years, you it doesn't make it quite so difficult to run one season to February, then start a new season a month later. Um, super season, super season, super season. Or just have a super yeah, season, super yeah. If they're going to be essentially the same season. cars. Yeah. Um, it is potentially going to cause big issues for McLaren because uh, they are still going ahead with their switch to Mercedes engines next year. Um, obviously, they were expecting to be putting that engine in the brand new new rule set car, but now they're going to have to squeeze a Mercedes engine into a chassis that was built for a Renault engine, which is not going to be ideal for them. Unless Mercedes just say, it's all right, guys, you can just wait until next season. Yeah, but why would Renault turn around and go, oh, what? You want oh, some engines an engine. now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some engines. Um, Renault, yeah. you know, we know what Renault are like. Renault are just going to pull the rug out probably. from them and go, probably what's that? Yeah. You swapping engines? See you in a bit, guys. Um, okay, bye. No. <laughs> M- McLaren, yeah. McLaren of um, Zach Brown, to his credit, basically said, like, we know this is going to be not an easy thing for us to deal with, but um, it, the best thing for the sport right now is to do this uh, rule set change chassis freeze. So we're happy to vote for it because it's kind of for the good of the sport sort of thing, and they're going ahead with it, so... Mm. You'd you'd also think that, given the situations, if they needed, if if they were forced to make changes to make the the different engine fit, obviously the the base of the chassis in terms of the rules is they're still going to adhere to that. But if there's certain things that they they have to change and they have no choice but to change, they can submit them to the FIA. Then you'd expect the FIA, FIA to allow them to do that to be able to put the engine in the car. Yeah, totally. You'd expect. And, and you'd hope yeah. that other teams would be a bit forgiving in terms of allowing them to do things under the circumstances. Yeah, this is F1, Chris. They're all well. just going to veto that down. Yeah. They're like, no. I think. Well, I think you know what though. Like, you don't need to make. So yeah, it's a, it'd have an effect on your aero and stuff like that. But like, it might it might sort of whatever happens, it's going to put them at a disadvantage. But you yeah. can if if you can fit an LS motor in a Mazda MX-5 or a Miata for <laughs> the Americans, you can a group of Formula One engineers can you know re-engineer their existing chassis to with adapters and things like that to fit in. Well, I mean, 
do you remember what happened last time someone put a Mercedes engine in a car that wasn't designed for it? Yes, I do. <laughs> it was 2009 <laughs> yeah. and... It went quite well for <laughs> It did, yes. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of which, uh, obviously there's like tons of esports going on right now. We're not going to talk about it because there's just so much going on. There's too much to talk about. But did you see um, the, the series that the race.com are running? They're doing legend races and they've got loads of their like XF1 drivers and X IndyCar drivers and stuff. Did you see the last one that uh, Jensen Button drove in? No. Is is this the one where he drove the brawn? Yes, yeah, so they they were yeah, yeah. they were driving like uh, it was whatever McLaren um, Emerson Fittipaldi drove, um, but they, all the drivers had their own liveries, and he was driving around in his brawn GP livery, and he won the race, which was very exciting to all see. Right. Um, they're really good if you've not been watching those, though. Like that, the list of drivers I've got in these races, it's like. Button, Montoya, Barrichello, uh, Fittipaldi, Villeneuve was in the last one. Um, Dario Franchitti has been in them. Uh, Helio Castro Neves. Like it's it's just a who's who of like classic racing drivers playing uh, i racing. I think it is. It's it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, where do we was- get? Go on. I was just gonna say that was the one at Sebring, wasn't it? If anyone, if anyone's looking for it, uh, yes, the one it was. That won was the one at Sebring in Braun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. Really, yeah, really fun but, to watch. Uh, we've, I haven't really watched any of this esports sort of stuff. And I call me old fashioned. I quite like real motor racing. I don't know the ancient I mean, art of actually racing real cars around a real circuit. I mean, under the circumstances, it's uh, it's no replacement, but it's it's scratching the itch for sure. Um, there's. Mm. Like Can anyone some think of, it... of times when cars have been so close together that the drivers would have been breaking social distancing rules on track? <laughs> all the time. 24-7. Yeah. Man- Manslin Senna <laughs> in Barcelona time. springs to mind. Yeah. <laughs> any any race with Pastor Maldonado in it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Roman Grosjean did a good job of breaking social distancing rules for a long time when he was at Lotus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just ploughed into the side of anyone he could. I can't Funnily wait enough. to hear um, the commentary from David Croft for the for races that do happen. Oh, how God, many like, weird be... references oh. to coronavirus as he gets in? Yeah, Jesus how many is God. he going to get in there? With that, That's it. it. New for Predictions League this season, how many corona references can David Croft make <laughs> for a race? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a point if you bang on. <laughs> speaking of Crofty, one of the official F1 esports things they did, um, it's normally uh, Jack Nichols and Jolie and Palmer doing the commentary, but they like cut to... Because obviously they're all just like doing this from their houses, um, but they cut to David Croft to like I don't know say some stuff in between races, and I assume he was in his office. He'd got like a little bookcase behind him with like various bits of memorabilia and stuff, but he had painted on the wall behind him in some kind of like fancy font. It's lights out and away we go. He's oh, got oh, got his own catchphrase painted on his wall. Oh. oh. Which is That's the most very... David Croft thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's just so classy. So, so classy. So classy, yeah. Such a, such a nice font he'd gone for as well. It's lovely. Oh, really? Oh, a comic I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah, you don't need it in your life. Oh. Um, oh. What else did they agree? The budget cap is still going ahead, but they've not actually agreed on what the details of it are, so it might as well not be going ahead. Um, <laughs> the They've also banned all development of the 
new 2022 rules as they now are uh, until December of this year. Um, basically, any wind tunnel and CFD testing can only be done on components that comply with the current rules. They can't do anything outside the current rule set, basically. Um, and the other big change they made is that uh, up until now, there's been a requirement for all teams to agree any mid-season rule changes. Uh, that's now been waived for this year. So only six of the 10 teams need to agree just to make it a bit easier to, I guess, push through any changes that they need to, done. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. to get a season done. Um, and that's sort of the point we've got to with with everything. Um mm. Yeah, wow. as I say, I like, like these. <laughs> as I say, the esports stuff has been scratching the itch a little bit, but we're still very much missing actual racing. I'm sure yeah. we'll get there at some point. Yeah. But see, I know, I know it sounds daft, but I'm actually enjoying the more like I say unofficial ones, but the more sort of like privately put together ones. So, for example, there's there's the leagues that Lando and Max are both part of. Um, yeah. The iRacing leagues. And honestly, I'm actually enjoying watching them more because there's a tiny bit more personality in them because it's their own private stream of, of just them essentially just chilling rather than actually like doing official competition and some of the content that comes out of that is like <laughs> comedy gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's I another think, one. Well, that's that, the um... reason why I haven't watched a lot of like the F1 sort of sim races kind of thing, that like F1 have boot promoted kind of thing, because I just feel a little bit like they're a bit late to the party with that sort of stuff. Like the, the eSports Definitely, stuff yeah. that they did before was never sort of, although yeah, it had that F1 sheen to it, it was never like, not that interesting it's not that entertaining it doesn't have the same entertainment value as what an actual f1 race has and it feels like they're trying to be something that they're just not i think they're just trying to take advantage of the fact that like lando's had a good following on on services like twitch for a long time anyway even even before all this like he's always had a good following and people will sit and watch him whether whether he's sim racing or whether he's playing like shooter games like he played a lot of um he didn't play Fortnite Fortnite. played PUBG a lot and stuff so he played like a lot of battle royale type games which again like they're just sort of randomly popular things but like they're F1's trying to take advantage of like the popularity that he has within that arena I guess yeah they're kind of piggybacking on him aren't they yeah, it, like, because um, Max, as far as I'm aware, doesn't particularly stream it. He joins the same sort of events as what uh, Lando does, but it's Lando that's been the one that's always kind yeah. of streamed it and had the following for that. And people would go watch Lando do whatever it was, regardless if it was racing or not. And those people are obviously still there, but you're just getting a lot of these sort of racing fans like us that are just want to find something to watch going yeah. along and watching all the all these sort of sim races that they do and like it, it's definitely not as it doesn't draw me in like what the real sport does like what Stu's saying but to be fair if i get my notification saying lando has just gone live and they do you know what i sat and watched them just do testing laps around um I can't remember what circuit it was the other day, but it was just a, him and his mates doing testing laps for for no reason other than just to pass some time and socialise. And do you know what? Watching the consistency from that first person perspective for so long, it shows like it gives you an interesting insight into why they are where they are, even if it is just a video game. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I, like, it's, yeah, the, it's a different the, kind the of entertainment, they, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. they bring a, they in that kind of thing. They bring in a, a lot of personality to it, and a lot of mm. sort of. It's, you're not just watching a car go around a track on a computer game. Yeah. You're you're listening to what they're saying. They're all bantering with each other. They're all having good chat. That's kind of fun. But the, the the sort of. I mean, I've not really watched any of the F1 ones, so I don't know if the same thing's happening on there. But I, I don't expect it would be. I don't know. Is it? No, the, well, the, the stuff that I found entertaining about Lando's streams would not be allowed on an F1 stream. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's them it's them effing and jeffing at each other yeah. and like giving each other. It, it's the stuff that like hits team radio. I'm sure on a weekend by weekend basis, but you never hear it. Oh, well, yeah. you might have to, but it's the stuff that doesn't make it to air essentially from yeah. team radio okay. and. It's it's just that kind of banter and like people people just whinging about like turn one being a crap corner on a circuit or something yeah. like and, and stuff like that entertains me because the guy goes wide every single time he hits turn one and he just <laughs> it, it just like whining about it and like it just it's just so funny it entertains me. Um, <laughs> Charles Leclerc started streaming on Twitch as well. Um, he has. You're right, him yeah, and a yeah. bunch of other drivers have started this kind of like little mini series of races to raise money for charity it's like it's him and his brother uh alex albon and his brother uh george russell who's also started streaming um lando uh, i think luca Giotto is in there uh again as we mentioned a few weeks ago uh thibaut courtois who's the goalkeeper for real madrid is it he's in there who's yeah. he's actually oh. a pretty decent uh sim racing driver yeah. uh jimmy oh, broadbent's wow. in there with him as well um but again like it's just it's, it's weird listening to all these drivers that you normally see being... I mean, they're not the most serious of racing drivers, but still they have their media face on. And suddenly you're hearing them all in a Discord chat together from their own houses, <laughs> just like taking pot shots at each other and just sort of generally dicking around. And it's, it is, it is, it is very entertaining for all the wrong uh, reasons. Yeah. And the races I, are I always if, chaos as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think if nobody's seen it, I think if nobody's seen it, one of the one of my favorite highlights from quarantine racing, as we'll call it, is <laughs> when Max and Lando were racing together at Spa, and they were basically doing what they call bum drafting, which is where you use the drafting of the of like following the car, like the slipstream of the car ahead of you but you basically just push it along instead of like overtaking it and they were pushing <laughs> each other down the camel straight and it was like it was just max going quick bum draft me bum draft me push me push me and they the were just is, like pushing each other down the straight things they do that for really in stuff like nascar and stock car racing yeah, true. But they were that doing it true. in like formula 3 cars yeah <laughs> yeah cars you wouldn't normally be able to physically <laughs> do it in cuz you break something and they're just like they're, they're just pushing each other down the, the camel straight it's really entertaining <laughs> Um, should we dip into the inbox to to finish yeah, up? Yeah, let's. Yeah, who wants to go first? I can do the first one. Uh, Katie has said, "What storylines uh, are you most upset about not seeing because of the postponements? Uh, any teams or drivers in particular? For me, it's probably where Red Bull could be by now with Albon." Uh, racing point to see how they could also be doing, and also Ocon to see if he could have kept up with Daniel. Mm. Ooh, that's a good question um, I mean, I'm interested to hear Stu's answer to this first because me and you've kind of answered a question very similar to this already, yeah Chris. I think definitely I mean I, re- I was really keen to, I was really excited to see where McLaren sort of sh- shook out at the start of last season yeah um, 
and sadly, well, I mean, we are gonna, we're still gonna, a lot of these storylines we are still gonna see. It's just we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer to see them, I think. Um, so my answer to that is probably I was really looking forward to seeing where McLaren are in in the mix in relation to the other teams if they've managed to sort of close the gap somewhat. Um, and also Red Bull as well. To be fair, I wanted to see if Red Bull were going to be like at the front. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 that's that's my answer, pretty much. Yeah, I think I think this will hurt teams like like Racing Point. I mean, although we're kind of technically in a shutdown right now, Racing Point were going to get the bulk of their points early this season from what it looked like in testing before the rest of the midfield caught them up, and it's they've sort of probably going to have lost that advantage by the time we actually go racing now. Um. Mm. Maybe, but remember they're not manufacturing parts though. So like anyone who's designed, all the designers will still be designing stuff because you can't not think. Yeah. So you know your brain just doesn't suddenly shut off. Like if you, if you're a designer, anyone who, who makes True, stuff will but... tell you like you know you you you're still thinking of solutions to problems. Oh yeah, but I mean that doesn't stop. I guess things the rest of the midfield have more space to design stuff to catch up with them, whereas racing point tend not to develop as much throughout the season so i think the advantage they would have had early doors they're probably going to lose because like although the factors shut down now there was still the gap between testing and when the shutdown happened that all the other midfield teams were going to be away figuring out why racing point were faster than them and developing stuff to catch them up yeah, but they're not going to. They they can only design parts. Though I I don't expect they'll be able to manufacture any parts because if they're furlo- everyone's furloughing staff members and everyone's sort of yeah down factories, then you you're not building anything. I'm sure like the designers have got access to the servers and they can they can get on there and solve any problems using CFD and stuff like that. But, yeah, I guess I guess the problem is we never really saw what everyone turned yeah. to Australia with, did we? That's, like, that's the thing, yeah. We're still only going off testing here. Like We were all looking forward to that first, well, qualifying really, where we'd really see how things shook out and on Friday seeing what new parts people have bought, but we're still yet to know. Um, the other thing that springs to mind, obviously, is Mercedes uh, DAS. Um, I mean, we're still probably going to see it, but it was, it, was, it was exciting to see just how much advantage that gave them early on and whether other teams tried to develop their own system. Um, mm. Oh, that was another no, the, thing the, that came the from the... Thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another thing that came from the rule discussion, actually. Um, they basically pushed the uh, 2021 rules to 2022, where they'd already banned DAS. They then copy-pasted the this year's rules into next year, but then went back and re-banned DAS for 2021. So... Uh, they're 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 going to be able to use it for this year, however many races there ends up being, and nothing else. <laughs> oh, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, shall I do the next one? Yeah, go for it. Um, Charlotte Taylor says, if Bernie was still in charge of F one, would the drivers have been allowed to race each other on Twitch, and would it have been shown on the F one on the main F one channel? Would the drivers be allowed to post on social media the way they do now? Ask because there's an article today where Bernie says he doesn't like how Liberty are running F1. Um, well, the simple answer is absolutely no way would they be allowed to do that. Yeah, no chance. Doing. Simple as that. Um, yeah, I mean, until Liberty took over F1, I mean, they had a website. It was functional. They barely had a Facebook or Twitter page. Like... 
no they barely acknowledged the internet existed, did they? Um, yeah, basically, no. it, was, it was closed off. It was like it was the North Korea of social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a much rougher uh, shutdown time uh, if he was still in charge. I think. Um, I mean, uh, Bernie says doesn't like how they're running things right now. I think the vast majority of F one fans would probably disagree with that. Um, yeah, and which of those opinions is more important? <laughs> Yeah, Ultimately, on the whole, yeah. on the on the whole, let's say Liberty are doing it right. There's things that they're not getting quite right. I think at times, oh, for sure. but it's the, a big old sport. It's very difficult to uh, get everything yeah. right. And yeah, of course. Do you know what the the thing is for? We've gone through like a little bit of a period when Liberty first took over of them just throwing things at a wall and seeing what stuck. And luckily, they 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 do listen to the feedback of this is rubbish we don't like this from from the general viewership and the audience and they, they sort of scrap things that generally aren't well received so we've got through that kind of phase of them seeing which direction they can and can't go in and they sort of they're on the right path now and just like kind of slowly making changes and i don't blame them for trying to get in on this esports thing to be totally honest cause it's a good way to keep the sport in people's minds during it all and, and whatever yeah. but it's not difficult it's, there's literally no sport anywhere in the world to yeah. watch so yeah so like yeah there's definitely things they could still do better or differently but it's definitely progressed a lot more in the last three years than it ever did under bernie in the last 30 <laughs> in yeah. terms of what he's done media wise <laughs> and stuff like that and coverage wise yeah the only thing i'd say is like you can be too sensitive to what the internet says about yeah yes i agree with that i agree with so like you know i think that there have been one or two occasions where they've been a little bit guilty of worrying too much about what the internet says instead of just being strong and taking their own direction and you know just because some keyboard warrior says a thing about a thing that goes out on the formula one on one of the formula one channels or a group of people say a thing doesn't make that group of people right and doesn't mean you have to sort of pander to them like at the end of the day haters are going to hate and people are always going to say negative things about whatever you do so you know it comes with the territory it comes with comes with being a global sport and i think they they have come to realize yeah. that slowly over time yeah completely uh, next, stupid horse mackerel says, uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss all these big online races with current and former F1 drivers once we get back to actual racing again. It's great entertainment and I feel like they should make it a regular occurrence in some way after we get back to normal. Um, so I've already touched on this, but I do think esports is going to be one of the few winners out of this situation. Like, Yeah, definitely. The numbers of people watching these events is in like the tens if not hundreds of thousands and it's they were high for the first ones because obviously people were just keen for anything but they're kind of um maintaining like that series i mentioned that charlotte Leclerc and co organized like that's going on right now uh there's eighteen thousand people watching lando and norris there's thirty two thousand people watching charlotte Leclerc. there's fourteen thousand people watching jimmy broadbent who's not even an f1 driver <laughs> he's just in there with them yeah. like it's it's decent numbers of people and much bigger than these sort of things we're ever used to. Um, yeah. So it's you know it's nice that it's there to kind of fill a gap as best it can. Yeah, the test will be when the gap isn't there anymore. Will they still have the same sort of following? I yeah, think, I think your likes of Lando will because Lando's 
don't get me wrong, Lando's has grown, but he had that fan base anyway. He yeah, he was known for streaming, like I was saying before, games and stuff before, especially racing, and people would sit and watch him because he'd do that on like his weeks off, you know, like off weeks when they were all like during the summer break or something. That's what he chose to do to keep himself, you know, like sharp to a degree and people would sit and watch him because there was no F1 on. So I think he'd be fine. Obviously, whether you're Charles Leclerc and people of this world, carry on doing it once the, the sport's back up and running is another matter. But I'd, I'd like to see that stuff like this gets a little bit of a better better coverage going forward. And it should hopefully help promote some of these more kind of um, independent series over like F1 just throwing something out with their name on it and instantly getting attention because it's got their name on it. I'm hoping that it sort of brings out some of these more private series that have got these like... Yeah. um, Because don't get me wrong, there's people out there that are like really, really good sim racers and they'll give these professionals any, you know, run for the money because they're really, really quick in a sim rig. And yeah, we all know it's a different style of driving because you've got different limitations and stuff but at the end of the day it's really entertaining to watch these people who are like talented sim racers go against these world-class f1 drivers and be in the mix with them like watching max and lando have these sim racers going wheel to wheel with them at at somewhere like spa it's just something you wouldn't get anywhere else other than that that's the only way you'd get that and that's what I hope kind of gets brought to the forefront with all this. Yeah, and I think in turn that would make the official F1 esports stuff up its game as well. Like if people start yeah. realising there's other stuff out there and it's offering more, like as you say, they won't be able to get away with just kind of putting together a show um, yeah. and they'll need to up their game a bit. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, Amy Prince says, where does Sterling Moss stand in your top of the best drivers ever. He's, he's well up there, isn't he? I mean, the this classic thing that's always said about him is he's the best driver to never be world champion. Um, yeah, that's exactly he's, he's he's the words out of my mouth there. Yeah, yeah. 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 which like, I think is completely so, accurate. Do you know what? Techni- technically speaking, there was a point where he should have been one as well. Yes. And he, he, he gave away um, points because it, his nickname at one point and for a long time afterwards his after his racing career was the gentleman racer and he, he showed that a number of times most notably when he gave away like championship points saying they should be handed over and it cost him a driver's championship yeah it was um oh you I completely forgot the story now I was literally reading this earlier today um was it Mike Hawthorne I believe yeah he gave it it gave it to Hawthorne yeah yeah he yeah. he got a penalty didn't he for reversing the track or something um and as a result, Sterling Moss would have been world champion. And Sterling Moss went to the stewards and went, no, he didn't do that. Reinstate him. Like, yeah. that's that's not how he went about things. It's not how he wanted to win. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's come second in the championship more than any other driver, like four or five times. Um, but yeah. yeah, and he's done, he's done a huge amount for the sport, motorsport in general, not just F1, since since when he retired like yeah completely he spent 50 years being an amazing advocate for the sport um especially like british drivers and stuff and the way that you hear people like lewis in this day and age and jensen talk about sterling is it shows how long it like even us now like think about us like the way that we 
hold this esteem for him and everything shows how well respected he was as not just a driver but also like as as a man as a human as a human being on the planet and his influence on people and like the way he went about his life and stuff and what he did shows like why he's he's so well respected amongst people uh, for more than just a driving talent yeah, yeah. I still i think really yeah can't really add anything i think my absolute that. favorite thing about him still is the I can't remember exactly when and where it was, but he had a colossal crash um, and actually hit his head on the steering wheel, which dented oh, the I steering wheel, yeah, bent it completely out of shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably should have killed the guy. Um, so what he do? He kept the steering wheel and mounted on his yeah. wall at home. And it was, I, I remember seeing a documentary about him a few years ago and it was still there mounted on his wall, the steering wheel that he yeah. bent out of shape with his head for that a crash. Was, like. That was a Lotus. He nearly ended up paralyzed because of that when he crashed that Lotus. Hmm. Yeah, he had a couple of colossal crashes, it's didn't he? insane. Insane, yeah. It's crazy he lived so long. To be fair, <laughs> it is like the, yeah, it come, the it comes era from that an he... age when, like, yeah, it comes from an age when they were all yeah. dying all the time, weren't they? Getting horrible crashes, yeah. all kinds of madness. Yeah. Um, shall we do the next yeah. one? Go ahead. Um, Garrett says, "Do you think F one would benefit from a WEC style split top class? Um, like it means like LMP and LMP, LMP one, LMP yeah, two, LMP one, LMP um, two where teams can enter as customer teams and then move into full custom outfits. And do you think that would be a good compromise for the split budget cap debate? Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> you could sort of argue that we already have that just unofficially. <laughs> like, yeah. we're not far off. Um, there shouldn't be a split. There shouldn't be a split class, though. Formula One should be constructors... Everyone's everyone's technically a constructor of a car, so that's how it should be. There shouldn't be a. Yeah. We we used to have customer teams, and it was basically two tier. I mean, it is still basically two tier Formula One. It's just yeah. I suppose it isn't labelled. I think as soon as you put a label on that, then it dilutes the sport too much. Yeah, I I I agree. I think it should be its own entity. It's it's a problem that needs to be fixed in the rules, not adjusting the way it's labelled to fit the way things currently are. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Vine says, what is the best solution for the season if we can get going in July or August? How do you feel about eight to ten races, all double headers, uh, less practice, qualify Friday, race Saturday and Sunday? I mean, that's pretty I much what like... we've all been saying for a while that we want F1 to be <laughs> yeah. anyway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I f- no, I feel like um, there should. I think it should be. Ev- uh, they should do as many race weekends as they possibly can from where I'm mm-hmm. sitting. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you I, would I, say I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I only get paid when they race, so. <laughs> yeah, as I was going to say, um, Stu only gets his uh, income from one kind of motorsport work and it ain't this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'd be great if like the races that can get going have a couple of races. Well, you've got everyone there and you're able to like do as much as you can. Yeah. But do it yeah, the weekend after. Do it the weekend after. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't try and fit Stretch it all into weekend. Don't, yeah, don't worry about fitting it all into one weekend. Do it just do it the next weekend and then we'll go to the next race and we'll do the same there. But over Stu wants weekends. some work. He just doesn't want to work eighteen hours a day. It's yeah. it's a shame that there's not more um circuits that are the right grading because like for example if you had a race at Silverstone 
it, if more circuits in the UK were the right grading, you could not necessarily stay in Silverstone, but at least stay in the UK. And then if mm. you had something sort of near to Paul Ricard, you could move from Paul Ricard to some. So I know you'd still be travelling, but you'd it'd be a lot less impact for the team yeah. because you sort of you're travelling a couple of hundred miles within a country rather than across the continent to to get to the next. Yeah. Race. Yeah, Logis- logistically, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, but legally yeah. speaking, and and sort of terms and conditions and contract wise, the, oh yeah, the, yeah, the races that have exactly. lost their the tracks that have lost the race are just yeah, there's no way they'd have in countries. There's just no way they'd have that. So I mean, yeah. looking at the I, list I of liked grade ones, idea, but... that's what I mean. It's it's, it's such, such a shame that there's so much tied up in paperwork and contracts that yeah. if that was an option even if that was an option you wouldn't be able to do it like you said yeah yeah and that then that's literally all sport these days isn't it yeah essentially all sports is tied up in contracts and money and and you know in invested parties and stakeholders yeah, and all that kind of nonsense so like if, if you want to yeah. make changes it's just in situations like this it's basically impossible and even then, looking at the list of grade one circuits, more than half of them are already F1 circuits on the calendar anyway. So it's not like you <laughs> yeah. can find a ton more as it is. That's yeah. it. There's not. There's just not enough out there that the right grade in. Oh, it'd be great for to Le Mans. Do the Bugatti circuit at Le Mans would be sick. Yeah. Oh, that'd be excellent. I'd like to go back to Manicora as well. <laughs> you mm. could do like three or four races just in France, actually, looking at this list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably could. Um, last one for this week. Uh, Phil Mark says, with the Formula One calendar looking like it's going to be massively altered and disrupted, should the organisation scrap a world champion and only do a constructors champion or vice versa, or even do a completely different competition so that the drivers are free to race and have no reason to hold position or help the team? Cheers and keep safe. Mm, oh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think if we do end up only having like an eight or nine race season, whoever wins that world championship is forever going to have an asterisk next to that in the record books. Like let's say Lewis Hamilton goes on to win his championship that equals Schumacher's record. You can already imagine the sort of uh, rhetoric that is going to have in response to that from people who aren't particularly fans of his. Um, then again, if and, the rule if the rules say eight races equals a world championship, it's a world championship. Like, the, see, like the the instant contradiction to something like that is Hamilton's raced in an era of like twenty race seasons, whereas Schumacher raced in an era of what fifteen race seasons. So, yeah, even in, less, if like. you actually if you actually even it out over the 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 sort of saying, oh well, Lewis only did eight races that season, just for argument's sake. Even if that was an argument, I bet if you totaled up the number of races and then evened them out like uh, as it an average across the number yeah, of season, yeah. he's probably done the same, if not more, than Schumacher anyway. So oh, it's like it's, it's a null and void argument before you even start it. <laughs> <laughs> but but like you say, it would have and or if Lewis didn't win it and like I don't know somebody out there that you wouldn't expect to win it. Let's say Albon won it, there'd be a big asterisk on it saying, oh yeah, but it was that season that we never really did properly because we only had half the races and yeah. it will, we only went to tracks towards back in the calendar that kind of suit Red Bulls and that's why they won it. And like, oh, it, it caused so much aggro uh, yeah. to whoever won it, no matter what. Tom, you need to stop reading the comments, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is, what, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you just can't, the internet is a 
place, right? He's <laughs> like, just, just full of people talking <laughs> and that's all it ever is. We are prime examples of that because that's yeah. all we do. That's what, that, that's, that is us. <laughs> we do that's it for an hour. <laughs> so, um, It's also a beautiful place for that reason. <laughs> it's a world of extremes. Um, but to the other point in that question, I think if we do get to a point where we can't actually have a world championship... If there's space to just put on a few races just so they've run these cars and give some entertainment, like, yeah, let's go and have a few mad reverse grid races or sprint races or something when you can just so there's something. Like, I feel like if there's, oh, no, we can only put on seven races, it's not a world championship. Like, all right, but let's still have seven the races. Thing, the other thing here that we're, we're not really mentioning much is there's people's jobs <laughs> like exactly yeah this this needs this yeah. needs to happen so that people can get back to work and get yeah completely in the first place i'm not just talking about myself i'm talking about you know all the people who work in the factories who've been furloughed i'm talking about formula one staff who have been furloughed i'm talking about race uh staff for, for race teams who who are not earning money because their factories are shut down or because they they can't they're not going to race circuits pit crews team bosses teams like you know at risk of folding because there's no races going on like the list goes on like there's a whole economy that revolves around this sport and if it's you know it's not just about entertaining them a big part of it is entertaining the masses but it's also it's people's jobs and people's livelihoods and that's another huge reason why they need to get back to it as soon as as soon as it's safe to do so yeah and and you know, give people, give give the fans what they want, and give the people who work there what they want, because that's all we want to do is we want to get back to work and we want to want to watch watch great races, make great content, and all do our jobs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and that reminds us of something else actually. I'm meant to mention um, just as a kind of bit of good news off the back of all this. Um, the all the UK based Formula One teams um, have been working on various non-F1 related things in the last few weeks um, and between them they've contributed to more than 20,000 orders of uh, ventilators and other bits of equipment for the NHS um, so it's nice to see the incredibly high standards of technology that F1 produces uh, being able to contribute to uh, the greater good at this time um, so I thought it was worth mentioning yeah exactly like yeah, it's, so. it's a sign of it, not only like the contribution, but also just being able to offer that change in skill set to, yeah, to, to keep people working and keep, you know, some form of job for somebody that might be furloughed otherwise. So it's good exactly, to see. Yeah. Or, or not getting paid at all because they're freelance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that is about all we've got for you this week. Um, so thank you for joining with us and sticking with us. Uh, as we said last time, like if there's anything you'd like us to talk about or we think it'd be an interesting thing to do a podcast on while there's no racing uh feel free to get in touch um we're we're open to suggestions uh but we'll be back we should do what's that i think we should, we should make an ep- we should keep making episodes as though the race has actually happened and we'll just come up with our own races every <laughs> week know, and we can just we imaginatively do? like throw <laughs> it together and see what happens i think that actually could get, be quite funny <laughs> just get the f1 game and run it in NPC CPU only mode <laughs> and just let run a sim and see what happens and we'll 
We'll report back. We'll yeah. record it so that everyone can see what <laughs> happens. Stick it on YouTube and then just like talk about that. Can you believe another Williams one too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lance Stroll send wins predictions league into his chaos. third Grand Prix of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a resounding lead in the title race. <laughs> <laughs> Maldonado makes surprising comeback. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, I have noticed he's one of the names that's not been uh, invited to these uh, legend races. I can't imagine why. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> um, anyway, that's going to do us for this week. Uh, thank you for, for joining us again. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch, uh, we're on Twitter at BackTheGridF1, uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can find us. Just search for Back of the Grid and our website, backofthegrid.com, uh, is where you can find a contact us form. Uh, and that will do us. So stay safe, stay home. And we will speak to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Wash your hands, you dirty pigs.